Wisdom, the final frontier to true knowledge. Welcome to Wisdom Trek, where our mission is to create a legacy of wisdom, to seek out discernment and insights, to boldly grow where few have chosen to grow before. Hello, my friend. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your captain on our journey to increase wisdom and create a living legacy. Thank you for joining us today as we explore wisdom on our second millennium of podcast. This is day 1036 of our trek, and it is Wisdom Wednesday. Creating a biblical worldview is important in order to have a proper perspective on today's current events. To establish a biblical worldview, it is required that you also have a proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset and the culture of the authors. In order to help us all have a better understanding of some of the more obscure passages in God's Word, we are investing Wisdom Wednesday reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. He has compiled these essays into a book titled, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. Let me ask you this question. Are some biblical translations treasonous to the Christian faith? In today's essay, we will explore a passage that shows why certain translations can differ. And our title for today's essay is Treason and Translation. A famous Italian proverb declares, Tradutor, traditor, which means translator, traitor. And this essentially means that all translators are traitors. Those who assume that this is true are unaware about how difficult it is to produce a translation. Every translator, at some point, invariably discards the meaning of the original text. A committee of scholars assembled to produce a translation typically adopts an overarching philosophy of the translation. In simplest terms, there are two philosophies. The first is called the formal equivalence, which seeks out to account for virtually every word in the original text by producing its English counterpart in translation. This is called a word-for-word or literal translation. The second one is called a dynamic equivalence. This approach seeks to capture the original thought in the original verse in the context, and then recreate that thought using whatever English words are most precise. This is a thought-for-thought translation. But adopting either approach does not mean that all the translators will apply it equally. There is also a matter of interpretation. When a biblical text allows for more than one translation, due to some ambiguity in the context or grammar or word usage, the translator needs to make his own decision, which can lead to some controversy. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7-1 as an illustration of this potential hazard. First, let's look at the English Standard Version, and it says, It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. In the New American Standard Bible, the same verse says, It is good for a man not to touch a woman. In the New International Version, it says, It is good for a man not to marry. And in the New Living Translation, it says, It is good to abstain from sexual relations. The most word-for-word of the translations is taken from the New American Standard Bible, which captures the literal reading of the Greek words in this verse, particularly the verb touch. Other translations move away from the ambiguous word touch and replace it with to have sexual relationships with, such as the English Standard Version and New Living Translation. The most controversial rendering of this verse is from the New International Version, and it says it is good for a man not to marry. How is it that the translators could go from a Greek word that means touch to these other options? 
the answer is that the translators factored in what is presumed as the wider context of the chapter, and ultimately the writer himself. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, Paul describes himself as being single. His advice to the Corinthians in several places is that it would be wiser for those who are not married to remain unmarried, such as in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, and verses 26 and 27. And he encourages us because of the undefined present crisis listed in chapter 7, verse 26, which may be indicating Paul's view that they were in the final days before Christ's return. This context of the present crisis is presumed in chapter 7, verse 1 in the NIV. The NIV translation is certainly plausible, but is still problematic. While Paul notes a present crisis in chapter 7, verse 26, can we be certain that Paul was thinking about this distress in chapter 7, verse 1? Paul might have been thinking about sexual immorality instead. The verses immediately following chapter 7, verse 1, speaks frankly of sexual temptation in chapter 7, verses 2 through 4. If morality was on Paul's mind, then the ESV and the NLT are more on target with this verse. The point would be to an admonition to avoid sexual context outside of marriage, not to avoid marriage itself. Translation isn't just a matter of matching words from one language to the words in another. Rather than consider Bible translators as traitors or off-base, we need to be sympathetic to their burden. Reading multiple translations can help you to understand God's Word and reveal the complexity of this process. And this concludes our essay for this week. Next Wisdom Wednesday, we will continue in the New Testament as we look at Dr. Heiser's next essay titled, Charleston Heston Had Company. I believe that you'll find this another interesting topic to consider as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow, we will continue with our three-minute humor nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer, which will help you to lighten up and live that rich and satisfying life. So encourage your friends and family to join us, and then come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 1,035 treks or read the Wisdom Journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Wisdom Trek on your favorite podcast player so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal each day. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, Learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.